You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 103 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler, and I'm here with Jaden. No, you're not. Prove it. I uh, just did. You spoke <laughs> out loud. Fair enough. Uh, we'll hold up in court. <laughs> you win and... this one. <laughs> I got, got you there. <laughs> and we also got Brett. All three of us are here. Yeah, Woo! we're all here. Yeah. We all survived our, our trip to St. Louis. <laughs> we all got out just in time, because boy howdy did everything break loose the next day. That's like Milwaukee all over again. Yeah. Someone was trapped there for 25 hours. Who was? Mark Andre, I think. Oh, wow. Anybody who oh, left, like... There was, there was an Oregon guy who didn't get home until, like, Tuesday night. Yeah, anybody who left, like, not first thing in the morning, pretty much, on Monday or earlier, was was not going to have a good time. Just kind of yeah. kind of how it was going to be. So, uh, I'm going to talk about news just a little bit, and of course, I prepared extremely well by not bringing up our calendar. <laughs> I, just, I just remembered that that's a thing that I'm supposed to do. Um, um, War Machine Weekend's not coming up, because it already happened. Well, we know, so November releases got delayed to December. Yep, yes. because the boat broke Exploded them. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds like they, they arrived in really poor conditions. So. Oh, that, that was Wendell, that's even different. Oh yeah, that was Wendell. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the November stuff was probably just a lot of the same reasons everything else has. Yeah, they're just they're just getting their shit together after moving warehouses. Um, so honestly, I <laughs> I'm past the point of really reading out when models are releasing because it's all over the place right now. So okay. give that a couple months to smooth out, hopefully. Uh, stuff that's actually going to be relevant. Capital Cod in Germany. Hmm. Another term I think would be awesome to make it to, but uh, it's not going to happen for quite some time. Uh, that is on November 22nd through the 24th in Berlin. Sweet. Yep. And November 29th is Boosted Con, which is in Poland, I believe. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, it's in Polska, which is, yeah. Yep, sounds Polish. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds Polish, I don't know. <laughs> The problem is I can pronounce... Wait, no, I can't pronounce the city. So <laughs> much, it's yeah, me... it's got to be Poland. Uh, Z-A-B-R-Z-E. Z-A-B-R-Z-E? Zabrze? So this is the thing. This is the thing. B-R-Z is not a sound we do in English. That is not a set of letters that ever go next to each other. So just throwing that out there. There's a reason I have no idea how to say that. Like, uh, it is very clear to me that that is cognating a sound that English does not have, <laughs> and I don't know how to do it. Uh, a little bit further out, I guess I'll get this one in here, because it's, it's not even this year, but uh, January 4th uh, and 5th is the Odd Fellows Warm Hordes Masters Tournament in British Columbia. Mm, yep. Canada. Canada. There's also, Canada. like, a fairly large thing this weekend that I don't think we got a submission for. Uh, that's an IG qualifier in like Victoria or possibly Vancouver. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, there's going to be a few events that I know that um, uh, one of the 
one of the Canadian metas is trying to set up uh, a Warfare Weekend and IG qualifier, but I don't remember when. We'll probably announce that when they do it, because it'd be good, good to get them that support. LVO is coming up fast. Fast. January yeah. 24th to 26th, that what I just looked up. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't... That is, that is a lot of Just over two that. months. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but if you're in Germany and not going to LVO, that's when the Baden Team Cup is. Ooh. In Karlsruhe, Germany. On a on a, I'm assuming this is a street name, but a, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna bring on guest host Ben Beckman to read these cities. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's, that's basically news. It's not a whole lot of uh, super exciting stuff going on aside from just these handful of events. We're kind of waiting on Private Press to sort their stuff out. Uh, um, maybe oh, we, we'll did, we did find uh, the Hermit is on the release calendar. Mm, yeah, for February. Yep. Didn't even see that. Yep. The more you know. Which is which means we'll stop having to play EU Hermits. Yeah. Or uh, sorry, EU EU Bahi tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh that's funny. I didn't even know he was on there. That's kind of crazy. Um what much faster than the uh, I think they learned from Eilish. Like Eilish was, yeah, he took forever. It took a long time to actually show up. So yep. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so let's go to what we're actually talking about because it might take a long time or not a long time, just depends on how we decide to handle it. Um, so we went to work for a weekend over the last weekend. Woo-hoo! Um, kind of it's kind of weird because I was want to say like work for a weekend 2019, but it's like the first one technically under that name. Yeah. Yes. So same year isn't really that relevant, but uh, it's very hard to also just like not call it War Machine Weekend half the time. Oh, but. it's so hard. Yeah, so so many so many years of of uh, it being the same thing. Uh, so that started on. Let's see, we all arrived. Well, I arrived on Thursday. <laughs> so my flight was supposed to get in two hours before Jaden's, and yep. instead got in almost an hour after his. Yep. <laughs> and they so they you'll, they you'll arrived. My my hour and a half flight was delayed for two hours. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so they arrived on Friday, technically. Actually, I landed like yeah, well you, before yeah, like, Friday, and then I got to sit at the airport and wait for Phil to come get us because he decided to wait for Brett to show up. Which, yep. So I'm really glad I offered to wait for Jaden because then he had to well, wait yeah, it, it was weird because we weren't sure what the timeline was going to be. We were kind of like, Brett's probably going to be there soon. We just don't know like when exactly. <laughs> so it was yeah. like, eh, do we do two trips? Yeah. Uh, best, except yeah. for all the rest. Yep. Uh, so I actually arrived at like 6.45 on Thursday, so I kind of just hung around. Um, and and did, did you actually have the VIG pass? Did you actually no, I should pass? have. I keep forgetting that like I'm qualified, so it costs like 20 bucks yeah. to just like... Yeah, 20, 20 bucks got you your... Uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Meat Thresher. Meat Thresher. I'm so ready for Mark IV when that'll be good. Yeah, so that was fun. Everybody who got the, the, the VIP pass thing had a, a Meat Thresher in their bag. Because it's gone full door prize at this point. <laughs> um, it's a really cool model though, it and it looks like cool it looks model. like fun to play with, even if it's not good. Also, just, we're getting Helga on wheels soon, and she might make them okay. Yeah, we boy did we see some sculpts over the weekend. Yeah, there's yeah they posted a few. Um, but yeah, overall Thursday was was fairly uneventful. I went out to dinner with some people. 
Um, and then you guys got in real late and we attempted to go to bed and, and fell stayed up until like, almost hell. three. <laughs> yeah, until like three. <laughs> that's that's the big downside to getting in that. That honestly, to me, I don't mind getting in at like midnight that much necessarily. But there's just you just know you're gonna be up till for like a few more hours once you land because it's just it's hard to kind of wind down and you just. You just got into a room with like people you haven't seen in a while, and it's just like all right, also that quiet that time there. change is terrible for me because it's like I landed at eleven, it feels like nine. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was bad for me too. That zero time change. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I quit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and it's also just an odd time too because we just had like daylight savings switch over, so it was just like, what hour? Normally is that happens at coming? the con. Yeah. yeah, usually. Well, it was kind of nice not having to do it mid-con, admittedly. So it was actually really funny for me, because I, I just went to Europe, and the way I ended up traveling uh, in a week, I changed time zone three times. Wow. Because, <laughs> like, I, I changed time zone, then I went back, and then I went to daylight, Europe in daylight savings time, which is apparently earlier. Same. It's insane. Yeah. I did not know what time it was. <laughs> So, uh, at this point, uh, Jane had obviously already been slotted in uh, with his wild card, so we were all already Woo! qualified. So, um, we slept in I, a little bit Friday morning. I still say that I should be able to play in the LCQ, and then if I win, I get the uh, I get the buy in the first round. Get a buy, yeah. <laughs> you have to play yourself. You have to. I'm not going to so do that. set your damn models up. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to borrow another painted army, buddy. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I I think we just decided to do scrambles. I, J, Brett had uh, different plans. His plans were very different from what Jay yeah. has been for the vast well, most part. Okay, so I came into this event having played like three or four games with Infernals total. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to grind scrambles all day on Friday because I need to like figure out how this faction activates. And also Agathon's a mind-twisting caster at the best of times. So, yeah, we were just like, scrambles, woo! Yeah, I was in a case where I had played Agathon, Agathon like a handful of times, enough to kind of feel like I sort of got how he worked, but I also wanted more reps with him and had never played my other list. Yep. So it was a very good opportunity to just, like, grind out a lot of games. Um, the yeah. problem is... <laughs> yeah. Scrambles, scrambles this year were interesting. And it's not the Scrambles' <laughs> fault, it was all of our fault, kind of. Um, we went into a scramble with four out of eight infernal players. <laughs> yep, and five three out of three of which were yeah. in the invitational, yep. and two other players were invitational players. So this was probably the most Shark Tank scramble that has ever happened. Like it was ridiculous. It was almost entirely invitational players. Um, which I think some of the people, like the couple of people who weren't, I think were not aware that that was going on until we were like on round two and they're like wait a minute <laughs> um wait luckily minute. We, know, we know all your guys's names <laughs> yeah to make it at least slightly less horrendous at least one so the infernal dark legacy mirror is honestly it's really interesting but i don't want to do it <laughs> i don't like mirrors at the best of times but like like i just kind of like i don't know i like having to fight mechanics against asymmetrical stuff you know not, not just kind of the same thing um and dark legacy lists are so similar that you're, you're playing it's kind of a similar thing no matter what you're doing unless you're um, playing agathon 
Yeah, kind of. The thing is, those the models are usually kind of the same, though, for the vast most. Like the well, list yeah, is sure. essentially the same. It's just um, the caster makes it run a little differently. And uh, so, of course, for um, there was just there's so many infernal mirrors. <laughs> just a mess of them. I think I played four on the on Friday. Yeah. Well, and so that was the big thing. I guess that's something to highlight here is that I was not prepared for the sheer quantity of infernals at that that were at this event um it was a massive amount um obviously like new faction there's a bit of a new shiny thing but i don't feel like crucible guard grimkin maybe but they were also like like grimkin was weird because they were the first of kind of this cycle of new factions so it's kind of like I don't know, it was a weird thing so Uh, plus they were pretty polarizing i think yeah the other thing is that like we kept sitting down with like other invitational players who were like, man, I'd really like to play Infernals after this. It's yeah, just like... and everybody was like, on it, like, in, I mean, we talked to like Dan Cox, was like, man, I would love mm-hmm. to play Infernals, but everybody is playing Infernals all of a sudden. Yeah. And it, what's interesting, too, is so there's kind of two possible takeaways, and one of them is a very knee-jerk takeaway that I, I could see why you could come to the conclusion, but I think there's, there's a reason why, especially in the, in the Invitational, which we'll talk about a little bit when we get there, but um, cause the invitational ended up being pretty infernal heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the most advanced faction just from a, a sheer mechanics and how they play the game standpoint mm-hmm. that exists. And when you have a bunch of what is essentially the most advanced players there are, <laughs> you know, like, this is, you know, to some degree at least, uh, you have these 32, you know, the 32 people allowed into this event. Um, they're going to gravitate towards that complexity, right? It's a, it's an interesting, I don't know. Also, it's a very, also mm-hmm. infernals have a perception of being fucking overpowered. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, it, so is the question like, is it just straight up that they're overpowered or is it that it's, I don't know, it's probably a combination of both. Um, at least the perception of, of, being that strong especially right now because they're so weird they bend the game they don't play the game like the rest of the game does no they really uh, don't and I, I don't like the more i've played with them like the weaknesses once you start to figure them out are very glaring mm-hmm. uh and very extreme but mm-hmm. that that kind of becomes but what your game it is kinda, it kind of requires list building to do and so it does a little bit yeah you, you do have to be here. you do have to be a little ready for it that's true um yeah, you have to have certain tools. I don't think you have to twist super hard to at least have like the basic tools you need, but you do have to be aware of them. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we went to the scramble. Uh, we both took identical. So this is another thing is this really brought to head the fact that Jade and I talk about lists constantly. Um, when we, anytime we are playing the same faction, inevitably our pair becomes the same two lists because <laughs> we, we are bouncing them off of each other constantly. And so at the end of that, our opinion is going to end up being the same, right? Because we're, we're really close. Yeah, or vi- yeah, within like within a model or two of being the same. Yeah, like back when we were both on score and that that Zaltu um, or Sheth pairing with the Mammoth in both lists was like a thing that we were. I, that I was like, yeah, this is really good. And then Chandler Tron was like, oh wow, this is really good. And so we both like went on that and this is just yeah this is kind of what always happens so so jade and i not only were there four infernal players but two of them were playing the same list the scramble scrambles are one (laughs) list uh so we're playing agathon dark legacy um and 
so scrambles are kind of weird there's a lot of odd stuff going on like uh, so it's a little hard to like sit and, and blow by blow them exactly yeah but um, uh some notable things they're all the same scenario every round all day we were on um, bunkers which is a very interesting one yeah, for i hate that scenario so much <laughs> infernals dark legacy sucks at scoring flags fun fact it's really it, bad. it's really so bad. like well so this is the you thing you bring more so yeah you bring more solos than anyone you have tons of them you're drowning in solos all of them need to be like behind your shit yeah like you cannot be moving them up to do that there's like the hermit and then like mid-game like hawk can do that sometimes like he can move up a bit because he's, he's kind sometimes because he's kind of tanky so he can go take like those like far outside flags really well yeah. as long as you're like do i really need tactician from this point on and the answer is usually yes <laughs> but yeah. but if you feel like you can get away with it he's okay at it but and then like one of the reasons Alish is really nice to have is that guy goes a half a mile. Like he walks 14 inches with like a puppet master and a teleport in the middle of it. Like it's, it's bonkers. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what I mean by that. So he walks when he casts a spell, he teleports five, but that's not at the end of his activation. So he can still reposition three, which he gets from the theme. So yeah. he can walk six, cast a spell, teleport five and then reposition three. So he goes 14 inches walking. Yep. Uh, and you've got tactician the whole way too. So, Yep. Whatever. It's okay. Um so he's really good at like he's good at late game like jumping to a flag. The problem is is that he's often not still alive at that point. Yeah. But um but yeah, bunkers is like bunkers is weird. You're like, okay, I gotta kill your whole army and then I'll score like six in one turn. <laughs> yep. like, Alright, it goes, I guess. Um Yeah, so it's pretty funky. So like I played against um I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering like the exact order. We played a lot of games. Okay, well I remember uh, mine, so I can do that sure. if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. Um so, actually, crap. Round one. No, 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 no. no. That's the second uh, one. Oh dear. All right. Yeah. See, that's the problem I was having. I've got mine though, I believe. Um, okay. So I dropped into uh, Peyton Zadrath. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You had Peyton first round. Yeah. So this way, I, I got a Dark Legacy mirror against an Invitational player first round. Oh, I remember and, mine too. Okay. And one of the Go big on. things about this is that I was playing Agathon, and when you're into a Dark Legacy mirror. Unless you've skewed in a really particular way, Agathon is going to be advantage, typically. Um, Agathon's ability to reach your backline and kill shit you don't want to die is insane. Like, mm. He's absurdly good at it. And, and Dark Arnold is like 100% important support stuff that you want to keep alive. Yeah, right. and so you you rely on, you have to like wrap everybody around Orin Midwinter. The problem is you end up with another issue. And that's that Agathon can cast so many spells that there's only so much you can Arcane Vortex. Yeah. And it is worth just... Because you, like, you have to kill your cultists because I'm going to steal all of your souls with like Dark Fires and stuff, so Orin's not really getting them because Dark Fire trumps uh, um, proximity. Yep. And uh, so you have to kill them yourself. So, I mean, each of those Arcane Vortexes I'm forcing is like, it's like a dead cultist. And and then I'm gonna get through them eventually, unless you literally have like five souls on you. Um, Even then, if, you can cast five in a turn if you don't want to summon. Yeah, and if I just dump my yeah, if I dump my entire stack just forcing you through five souls, which is basically his whole unit. He doesn't have any <coughs> unit left. He doesn't get to arcane yeah. vortex basically at all anymore. Um, I will happily just dump five like dark fires into stuff just to force you to to dump all of those. And that feels totally fine to me. Um, 
and and like so like in the, in this particular game i i played like yeah like four dark legacy mirrors so it does get a little jumbled i played against zadroth twice <laughs> um over over the course of the, the weekend um but he did a pretty good job positioning with Orin, uh keeping stuff you know he kept like a and i hadn't worked out that i should just spam Orin down yet um so i was kind of like uh, how do i deal with arcane vortex um, except I had run a foreboder up uh, to just where it wasn't really in danger, but far enough up that it could just do whatever the hell it wanted next turn. Right. And um, I noticed that something he hadn't put next to Orin was a wretch, a cultist, and Deviaros. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, alrighty. So I hellmouthed a wretch and killed Deviaros, a wretch, and a cultist all at once. That's Jesus. that's two Mark Souls and an Essence point every turn for those people that aren't paying attention or don't yeah, know what Infernals do. Huge, huge issue. The that's thing that he did, the game. <laughs> yeah, the thing that he did because he went first was, um, he set up his Soul Stalker to threaten. Yeah, he your ran. Gate, right? He ran yeah. a Soul Stalker to threaten the gate, and so he killed my gate like instantly. Yep. Um. So I, I didn't have the gate, which was a little annoying, but it's not the hugest deal ever. Um, I think learning to kind of play around your gate being destroyed is a good idea because people are starting to realize they should target it down. If yep. they can. I mean, I had like an Ossian feat just to like kill the gate. <laughs> he probably didn't even need to. It took like one trident. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, he probably could have done that with something else, but yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, from there, it was just kind of a case of like, I now have more Mark Souls than you. All I have to do is trade evenly and I will win eventually. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. That's uh, that's the that's one of the funky things about playing Infernal Dark Legacy, either in the mirror or otherwise, is is understanding that attrition line. Yeah, like where at what point in the game do you kind of not have to kind of care about trades anymore? <laughs> in a way, you're like, yeah, I could trade down from this point forward, really. And you're never going to catch up from here right. unless I unless I make a serious mistake and let you get like two heavies in one turn or whatever. Um, and yeah, that's just, we just kind of went back and forth like that. And eventually he just didn't have enough left to like handle the game. Yeah. Um, which is pretty much how Dark Legacy Mirrors are usually going to go, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's either that or a, if it's Agathon, he'll randomly assassinate your caster sometimes if you're not careful. But mm-hmm. um, for the most part, like it's like, all right, who's gonna who's gonna play the cultists plus Mark Souls attrition game better? And Agathon yeah. just plays that game really well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was round one. My round one, I played into Sean Hopkins running Haley one in Gravediggers, which was like yeah. he was telling me about this on the plane. What? Yeah, yeah no. So the, it was really he was playing like Haley one striker one. He was like going back to like 2012. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. Um, but so it's like a hurricane triumph a max unit of trenchers and the trimmings and then like trencher commandos and some like really good solos like finn and like um the, the the master gunners that can make the trencher yeah. express team fire twice i feel like triumph um, needs to like chill out in that list it's like stop shooting <laughs> a little bit <laughs> so many gunshots so i believe that i won the role and opted to let him go first and I did okay. this for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> Number one, it lets me deploy my gate farther up, which I like to do in these sort of matchups. 
And number two, uh, because if he moves his trenchers like a quarter of an inch, I can just start hellmouthing them off the table. Yeah. Um, turn one. And so I was able to pick off his express teams and his uh, everything, basically, uh, between turns one and two. And I then was able to sort of just hold on for a second until I was able to summon two tormentors and make it so that his uh, hurricane either went for one of the tormentors and then got immediately exploded or tried for a really crappy assassination run that involved having to hit Agathon with an AoE when he was standing next to a wretch or a cultist or maybe both, I can't remember. At which point, Agathon immediately teleported out, and that was just sort of like, well, all right. Yeah. And so I got to do like a 14 essence fee turn, which was pretty cool, because trenchers die real good, it turns out. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, even under like... Was it even under um, even when Doug Annie what like eights to hit him? Yeah, it's pretty trivial. It's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and it was another one of those games where like I didn't score, I didn't score, I didn't score, I scored five. Yeah. Welcome to Dark Legacy on bunkers. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, it's probably like we both scored one for a few rounds because that's irrelevant. Yeah. Stuff how like bunkers that. usually plays out. Um. Yeah, that's another thing, kind of something you mentioned in there too that I found with Dark Legacies, um, especially if you're ever getting behind at all or if you're fighting against like a really extreme alpha strike <laughs> or a, a list like Haley One that like wants to do a lot of damage all at once, is you don't have to like, with most factions, you're like, all right, how do I use these pieces to like get crazy value and get back in? A lot of time with Dark Legacy, you can be like, how do I slow this down as much as possible? Yep. Like how do I make this? How do I make this? Yeah. Like how do I make this game go another four rounds? Yeah. Like without losing much from turn by turn until I can come in with like three heavies and be like, okay, (laughs) I'm back. Um. Yeah, and that's another one of just like the weird ways or like just the the way you have to pace the game is so different from from, like any other faction I've played. You have to actually like pay attention to the tempo of the game in a a really particular way. It's really interesting. Um, round two of this one I played into um a Trollbloods player. And uh, he was playing... Magic this, this, 1, I believe. Yeah, this this felt like going back a, a handful of years. He was playing Magic 1, Double Champs, in Band of Heroes. Um, I was like, man, I haven't seen this in a minute. Um, <laughs> and he was very upfront with me from the start. He was like, I'm just here having fun and throwing models around. I was like, cool. Talking um, about that, you <laughs> Yeah, well, it's Madrax, so... <laughs> Um, the thing is, is uh, Jade and I had actually been, I had been kind of, we had been talking about ways that Agathon screws over champs like really badly. Um, turns out that Dark Seduction is really annoying against those things. <laughs> uh, and I have like three instances of it in my list, which um, I actually only ever cast it like once. Uh, but that was mostly just because of the way, I don't know, the way he ended up positioning. Um, I got a lot of, I got a, a very, very good in uh, cultist ambush turn where I dropped, like, a Felcaller hero and the champ hero with just them. Um, and I think, like, did some damage to some champs with, like, Battle Wizard Hex Bolts and stuff. Um, and then it, he kind of... He decided to, like, turn that unit of champs around. It's the unit of Scaldi to, like, go deal with that. But he was, like, in rough terrain and didn't have a Felcaller anymore. So I was like, well, I don't have to fight those for, like, two more rounds. <laughs> uh, that's where they live now. Um, and from there, I mean, he had like, oh, what the hell's her name? Um, the three man character unit. I'm blanking on her name right now. 
Sons of Brag. Sons of Brag. It's Sons of Brag in there, which um, they just got ripped up by a Desolator <laughs> like really quickly. Um, I yeah, think they one, one of them was alive on like one health at the end of that. And he like he went in and did like 16 damage to my Desolator. <laughs> like I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, he'll do that down. too. Calm down. Like he he cranked. Was, was it the guy dude. with the big sword? Uh, it's is the, a Wraither? Is the leader? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just like he just ripped my Desolator in half. But I was like, well, it's not a huge deal. But like, damn, dude, relax. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, it just kind of this just turned into kind of me cleaning it up from there. The the other champion, it was just getting absolutely racked by like crow's cutthroats and uh, and I don't know, lots of guns, lots of random guns and sprays and everything that I had. Uh, and uh, eventually, just kind of had magic on the table. And just had most of my stuff, so that was kind of that. I played into a guy named either Dustin or Dylan. I think it was Dylan. Um, he was playing Scar One in Slaughter Fleet Raiders, and he had five stalkers and two units of Satixis. And I played into this like the weekend before that at Mox, and I was like, "Oh, I can play this matchup." Turns out, when Agathon fails to kill any stalkers under his feet when Scar's feet isn't up. And then your opponent proceeds to do 10 damage to your objective at dice left 7 with no boosts and 5 attacks. It doesn't really matter. And you just kind of lose. And it's okay. Yeah, especially um, if you have a few souls. Agathon on feed turn should kill like a stalker and a half or two stalkers. He should kill, he should kill two stalkers. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was my feed turn, yeah. Uh, he had the fight, right? Yeah, he has Isle Yeah. And uh, so there was a... He had a couple of things like... If this was the Invitational, I would have checked some of these measurements a lot closer. But, like, he got Scar and Rage to Sack Strike, the objective, too. And I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. The game was already basically over. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it felt totally fine. I just, a lot of the dice rolls were like, eh, no, yeah. you're not doing this, yeah. Jaden. And, yeah, absolutely, go ahead, Cricks, rip things into pieces. But uh, I think that is a very favored matchup for Infernals, like, 99% of the time, and not on Bunkers. So. Well, yeah, you think about that, and it's like, oh, a bunch of like stuff relying on decent but not insane defense, and like real low armor, and being like, I'm blast immune, and it's like, that's cute. Hellmouth, Hellmouth is <laughs> Hellmouth is not blast damage. Fun fact. Right. Uh, yeah, it seems like it'd be pretty good, but yeah, yeah. dice happen. Um, honestly, so my third round opponent would have been that guy, but he wanted to go get food, so he waited till our game started and then conceded and then went and got food. <laughs> Yep. So I won that scramble. <laughs> and then I got to play into Peyton, who yeah, generally so, played in round so one. So th- this is the this is the couple of funny things about this. So part of the reason that Scar Player was just like, I just want to go to lunch, was he would have got to play the exact same matchup a second time because <laughs> Jaden and I have identical lists. Like so he would have had to play that twice in a row, and he was just like, I don't wanna. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. And then Peyton proceeds to go into you, which means he hit both of us. Yep. So he got to play that same that same match twice yeah. as well so in the same event. It's actually worth talking about this game because it went completely differently from yours. Um, he positioned a lot better on his stuff, and yeah. he got my gate turn one. But I found an interesting counter to that. Um, I ran a foreboder on turn one, and if he's threatening my gate, I can feet and helm and uh, dark fire it. Yeah. Uh, and under even remotely average dice, it dies. But my dice were garbage, and it didn't die. I left it on one. Um, <laughs> So then it proceeds to kill my gate anyway. But what happened this game is I didn't summon on turns three, four, or five. Mm-hmm. I just killed cultists like it was going out of style. Uh, and so on turn five, at the end of turn five, he has three tormentors and a desolator, 
his caster and hawk and his gate. And I have like six marked souls, six cultists, and a desolator. Yeah, his his army's starving to death at that point. And, yeah, and so it's like if this game goes any longer, I will probably win because I can start summoning for real now. I was up a point because I'd gotten to a flag earlier than him. And um it's like, so you're gonna either do absolutely nothing with Zadaroth and your heavies are gonna do almost nothing, or you're gonna lose your heavies and you get to make that choice now. All right. I mean the most she can do, especially I mean, she would have to like cut she has herself to allocate, for allocate seven. Four. Right. Allocate four. And she can only do that twice, because otherwise she just dies. Yeah, and right? she like she and she has to like not summon on Hawk and like eventually kill him for essence, because you you yep. have to to keep your army on the table. Yeah, there's no yeah. there's no way. There's nothing you can do. You starve yeah. out completely. Meanwhile, my cultists can charge in. Like, a unit of cultists will take a, a Tormentor off the table, no problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still have my Hawk, and I still have, like, three or four other marked souls, and it's just like... Yeah, yeah so I think I think it was an interesting way to play that game. Well, and even, even just, like, Agathon's ability to just, like, put a couple boosted POW-12s into the heavies every turn... Uh, right. Makes it so even stuff, even just like a charge with Hawk is actually pretty dangerous because you might kill one after the um, after a couple of boosted twelves because they're just they're, they're just not tanky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brett, how was your morning? I played Monster Apocalypse. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. So I did the Monpoc Crush Hour. Um, and I actually got two of my three rooms <laughs> streamed. If you want to go watch. Um, nice. <laughs> so the first round I played against Evan. Um, and so we talked before the game, and we're like, so between us, we've played about 60 games of Monster Apocalypse. Uh, one of those has not been a demo. Um, <laughs> cool. So, so we know the demo rules front and back. He had never <laughs> played a two monster game before. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> so he was playing Monofaction uh, Ubercorp, um, which... Which is cool because he has lots of fast stuff, and he was—he um, actually used some of the like really obscure rules that I didn't think were that good um, because those are the only things he had access to. Um, and also, the hyper size of the Ubercorp monsters are just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I watched one game where uh, over the course of two turns, he did—he uh, he, did—he just just with shooting, he did um, like eight damage to the monster to the other monsters it was ridiculous for, for those of us who are plebs and don't really understand monster apocalypse the the hyper side is when you're like at half health you flip it over and you get stronger yeah. right well so this, this one i think it's gorgadratron gorgadron gorgadratron gorgadra they, they really called it gorgadratron that's, so, that's a horrendous name so <laughs> it's the is the faction that takes the remains of monsters and right yeah godzilla and so they pick someone named Gorgadra and turn him into a robot. Right. So he's Gorgadratron. That's a that's horrendous to say out loud. <laughs> well, anyway, so his hyper side is only a third of his HP, um, because he gets all of the guns. <laughs> like his his hyper side is by far the most ridiculous in the game because it's really hard to get to. It's only four HP. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but anyways, I was playing the Octopus of Doom and a monkey. Um, and so the Octopus <laughs> Doom does what he does and just cr- just walks into the enemy's base and is like, I am, for some reason, the hardest to kill monster of the game. And also your power base is dead. <laughs> and so um, I, bas- I just I just starved him out like Crackknox does. And uh, I think he killed the monkey, but I eventually killed both of the, both of his monsters. Um, nice. Uh, the next game I played against someone who's playing um, Mono uh, Wars of Cthulhu. 
Um, so, like, Cthugrashu is probably the single best monster in the game, if not Karkonoctis. Um And Yasheth, who is possibly one of the worst. So, so it's quite <laughs> a fairy. Um, uh, so he noticed that I didn't have all the models I needed and wisely chose the map that requires flying units. I'm like, well, I don't have that, so I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, but I was able to go first, and first is a huge advantage in this game. Uh, I think they, I think um, Oz was actually talking about how they were gonna, they're gonna do something about first player advantage. I don't know what. Um, but anyways, Krakenox just walks into his base and starts killing his dudes. Um, and so he he set up what I said to him like, all right, I'll walk into the obvious trap. Um, he left like a space between his monsters and gave me a double throw on Kithugrash, um, which is really important because that means that he can't use his really fucking annoying healing ability. <laughs> um, so because they don't they, they take it off when you're below half health so that games don't go on forever um, yeah. so, so I was able to put a, a ton of damage into one of the hardest to kill and like most powerful monsters in the game so I went for it um, and it kind of just um, spiraled out of control for him from there because I was able to take a really bad turn that just killed Cthulhu and then um, I was just very very far ahead at that point nice. um, and then the finals game uh, he was playing Mono Guard um, so he had a series of decisions to make in the first two turns and made them very, very badly. So the first is, um, so the advantage of his list is that his units um, can actually do damage, um, mm. whereas mine are just completely fucking useless. They just run around and score point, uh, score, uh, build up power. Um, but he chose the new map, um, which is by far the, the fastest and most damaging map in the game. So... If he had chosen the volcano map, which is the slowest map in the game, he would have been able to take advantage of his um, of his units being able to plink in damage while I run out of buildings to throw him into. Uh, instead, he did the opposite. Um, and then, uh, after I went first, he walks up and goes into a position. I'm like, oh, cool. You, you set up so that my guy is blocking you from being thrown, which means that... Um, because you're not allowed to attack your own units in this game, uh, I, he's just completely invulnerable. Like, well done, good positioning. And he proceeds, proceeds to kill that unit for no reason. <laughs> like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what just happened? Uh, yep. so, so he's extremely important, um, but also a very fragile monster. Um, the one that actually makes units able to kill thing, kill mon- like hurt monsters. Uh, was just hanging out in the wind and got double thrown for seven damage on the, for no reason. Um, so... This was one of the most brutal and one-sided games of Monster Pocalypse I've ever seen in my life. Um, like most, uh, most games of Monster Pocalypse are extremely close. They're like, um, it's a you know, you you start with between twenty and twenty-four health between your two monsters. Most games, by the time you kill their second monster, you have like two or three health left. Uh, this one I ended with eighteen, <laughs> which is just ridiculous, because um, I like. Because he was he was doing like single points of damage to me rather than throws, and I took out his monster in two turns, um, and his important one, and his other one was just like hanging out on the right side of the board. I don't even know to, I don't even know what it was doing, um, and so I I I actually made the game go on longer just so I could style points and get a uh, triple building throw, which is only possible on this new map. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mostly, I miscalculated the damage. I thought it was going to do exactly ten and kill him. Uh, but one of the one of the buildings didn't do the full damage, so I survived on one. And I'm like, oh shit, I used all my resources. But that does mean I got to throw 24 dice in a single attack, which is, <laughs> which is almost it impossible. Seems, to it do. seems seems excessive. 
so we're, going, we're going full Warhammer, kids. <laughs> I rolled, I rolled all but two of the dice I owned, and yes, it hit. <laughs> just, just got him. Just barely. Nice. And that was the finals, right? Yep. So nice. I, I just there you go. I wandered in and broke Monster Apocalypse in half, and now they're canceling the game. I I won so, the sorry. tournament worth every weekend. Let's not talk about which one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Jane and I went straight into another scramble. Yeah. Uh, and this is where this is where the weekend got interesting for me, uh, for I think both of us on both of us, yeah. Because we we were like, okay, so the idea was is that we were going to alternate casters throughout the scrambles, right? So it's like Agathon, Amadeus, Agathon. We'll just go back and forth and do scrambles all weekend. Um, the thing is, is that we had not played, so we were basically taking a exact a near exact copy of Blaine from Canada's uh, five tormentor Amadeus list. And the only change is that he has sex and orc in that list. We were able to put in Deviaros because he was available. Yeah, and he's important. Um, yeah. So it's like five tormentors. It's, it's there's like five Mark Souls in the whole list, I believe. Yeah, it's it's uh, Deviaros, a wretch, uh, Orin, Hawk. Hawk, and or I think I said Orin. Yeah, Deviaros, Orin, a wretch, Hawk, and the Hermit. <clears throat> and that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. And um, I was like, I don't know. I think this is clearly just like a nutrition thing, right? You're just going to stack up all the meat and it looks really cool. Um, it does look really and, cool. Yeah. So we both end up in the same scramble and we both get paired against each other round one playing the same <laughs> list. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this sounds miserable. Because this is a list that's like, I'm going to put this line of tactician countercharge heavies in front of you. And then it's like, okay, then you have to charge me with tactician countercharge heavies and this is going to get weird um and it did so yeah. this was a very interesting game so i i've not typically ever thought to test a list by playing it against itself usually i don't know that that is a huge deal for this one i was glad that happened even yes. though it was not a very interesting game no let's let's breeze through the game real fast yeah so uh, so i went I, off you won the roll off, which was a thing. Yep. Um, you positioned to kill my gate. I did. So you ran a tormentor up. Yep. I positioned to countercharge your thing that would kill my gate. Yep. With two heavies. Uh, and uh, just kind of lined up otherwise. Um, you charge in. I countercharge with two heavies and leave you on like six boxes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> under uh, under locked horns. Under I hit locked like horns. A, I cranked both damage rolls. I hit like a train. <laughs> um. Because he's a dice off four and then a dice off three because it's energy. Yep. Um, if so, this is I think this is really the point where we started to realize the issue we were about to have. Yep. If I killed that tormentor, I think you are forced to concede the game. Yep. No, I 100% agree. I like th I think you would have been a hundred percent out. Yep. Absolutely. And you can. Yeah, and if since you didn't, so the way that this turn played out after that is that tormentor kills the gate, and because you countercharged the tormentor, I was able to get another tormentor into that tormentor, so I'm yes. sort of up a heavy, even though my one heavy is basically gone. Right. So for me, the the upside is is I was able to very trivially clean up that heavy that I almost killed with like hawk or something. I don't even remember what it was. It was like um, Hawk and a cultist or something. Yeah, so I was like, okay, what needs to happen? Because because you were you basically were kind of forced to send in, not really forced, but I sort I of gave you enough that you felt that yeah side. that you right that you felt good about sending that up. And I was like, all right, 
I think I can kill like three tormentors in one turn. Um, and I went and tried to clean up everything I could. And in the end, one of them, I just rolled real bad. And one of them was left on like two boxes or like one. It was, it's like almost nothing. It was two. I'm pretty sure. And the game was over. Yep. Like, I mean, we played another round. Yeah. So like... I, I proceeded to kill four tormentors or three tormentors, leaving me six to three. And my entire armies shoved on one side of the table and in his zone. Yeah. Um, but at that point, it's like I'm scoring two for every one you score. You can ne- we never out threat each other at this point, except for I do because my gate's still alive. Gate. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing you can do. Like, right. So this is the only time I've ever seen Chandler scoop. I uh, scooped that early. Yeah, yeah on, I still had I still three. had over half my army on the table, and I just I was like I'm out. You know, it was like there's nothing. I was I can very do. surprised, and, um, and I I never it. do that. So we got talking about it. So I do like I like Blaine's version quite a bit, depending on what its purpose in the pairing is. It's a it is a a big old brick, and some lists will have a very hard time kind of dealing with it. What this kind of mirror match showcased for us though is how little agency we actually had in the game. Like, there wasn't really any room for, like, there was very, very little room for really good play to matter. Yeah, placement was was moderately important, because that's how counterchargers work. And other than that, you have almost no threat extensions, you have no guns at all, unless you summon Desolators or Shriekers, which you just want to summon Tormentors, usually. Um, You have no Expendable Mark Souls, you have no Tech Solos, you have... No ambush unit of yeah. cultists. Because that was the other thing, is we would summon on, like, the wretch, and then we go, and now what? Orin dies now. Yeah, it was Orin. Yeah. Orin, Orin 2 was the second model to come off the table, because he's, at that point, the second, like, least relevant. And then it's Diviaros, yeah. and, then and then it's, it's Diviar- Hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then it's, like, the Hermit or Hawk, and you're like, uh... Huh. <laughs> you're kind of like, you've run out of things, right? Yep. And and that's a that's a that's a weird spot to and that's assuming that none of your Mark Souls got like picked off early, right? Like if even one goes out, you're like and especially if it's one of the le- you know, if if somebody like snipes I mean obviously like Orin is very hard to snipe, but somebody like snipes him out, you're immediately down to the next one on the chain, which is like not a good option. You're like, uh <laughs> yeah oh. Yep. Um so we immediately because we had like an hour, because our game didn't really take that long, we immediately sat down and just started like retooling it. Yeah, and we realized, and we took out a tormentor, so we took it down to four. Uh, we took out Orin entirely. Yep. You uh, don't have this. You don't have the cultists. You don't have the cultists to kill. For to kill for, yeah. If if he's getting souls, you're are you have other problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, like your 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 economy is already breaking apart. Um. So for the tormentor and Orin, we ended up getting in. Uh, so the in oh and one dark sentinel because the list had like four in it right yeah yeah we dropped one of those yeah we dropped one of them and so we could just keep the set of three free ones uh added so we had two max cultists we added a min unit of cultists move the dark sentinels over to those (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what was funny is originally i was like cool it's another unit you know to fuel your stuff and then i ambushed it every game that i played with this list (laughs) because i because man that ambushing unit's really good um we got Regna, who I think this is like the absolute minimum number of cultists you can possibly use and still run her, uh, but it gets away with it, and that's a lot of value. Um, Ailish 2, who will become Runewood in the future, but for now it's Ailish 2. Um, and I, was that it? It was Regna, Regna, Ailish 2, the Minute of Cultists. 
Um, and another wretch. That's what it was. Got another wretch in there. Uh, or it could be Saxon Orc. Technically speaking, Saxon Orc is a better choice. Um, I may have it be Nisia in the future, but we'll see. Um, at that point, we ended up with a list that was... It had about as much meat skew... He's down one Tormentor, but you still get quite a few heavies by the time the fight starts. And you can actually top out at more, which is important. You can top out at more heavies, yeah. You you have more in the long game, which Omodamos plays a pretty good long game if he wants to. Because yep. uh, he's, he's in Dark Legacy. They all play good long games. Um, assuming your cultists aren't dying. It makes yep. the game a lot shorter. Uh, it gives you a lot more agency and a lot more control over like what's going on on the table, basically. You have, you have, a, lot of, you have a lot more choices to make basically yeah um we played out what one more round with this yeah list. i played around into gosh i don't even remember something and oh i played around into um striker two with double morrow on archon and double uh precursor knights and that game basically was like look i can just kill everything because matt a lot but no. yeah, it still felt bad because I was still like, I guess I'm not summoning this turn because I really need Hawk. <laughs> yeah, and I played it into another mirror. I played it into Zadaroth again. <laughs> um, it was a different player, but we he he positioned. Um, he had only played a couple games with Dark Legacy, like just like three, I think. Um, so he kind of, I I went first. I ran all my stuff up. He ran things up and left. A Soul Stalker and Deviaros within 12 inches of a Tormentor. Mm. So I feeded and killed both of those. <laughs> and um, it's a good feat. There's not much you can do from that position. Like it, it, she doesn't have any. She has her battle group is two Lamenters at this point. I have six heavies on the table by you know by the next round. Um, there's just not enough oomph left in the list basically. Um. Right, and her feat's only so good because you have a synergy caster. Yeah, I have to boost to hit a couple attacks, but past that, I just start. Yeah, and like, oh, the other thing I was within 12 inches of was the Hermit. I engaged him, which doesn't matter a whole lot, but um, the Tormentor on the next turn proceeded to just turn and eat him so that he didn't explode because uh, he can RFP him. Mm -hmm. Snacking's pretty good. Um, and uh, after that, I, I think, did we just, I think we drop from that scramble yeah so i was gonna have to play him to ben beckman running striker one storm lances and we were hungry it was dinner time and we both hated yeah. the list y yeah yeah we, we were both yeah we both really liked the changes we had made and were excited to use those instead kind of so i think we were a little bit over it at that point like yeah ben just was gonna come to dinner with us anyway so we were just like let's all just go yep uh brett what were you doing to that was this still during crush hour yeah it was still during crush hour pretty sure oh. how long is monpok uh, it's an hour and a half death clock total. Yeah. 45 minutes each. I guess it started a little later, didn't it? It yeah. did, yeah. We started playing at like 9.30 and Brett started playing at like 10.30 or 11. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. Um, Yeah, so we didn't... It was, pretty, it was getting pretty late. We didn't yeah. have time. They weren't running another scramble, really. No. Um... I don't even remember. What did we do on Saturday? So night? we Friday night, we went to Friday Fuzzies, night. God, and then this we, is Friday. And then we came back and I went and did some painting and you played pickup games in the top room with Peyton. I don't even think I played a game. I think I just went and hung out. 
Yeah, because I played a bigger game with Peyton. So yeah, 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 yeah. I came. Yeah, you were playing, and I think I just kind of chilled. Like there, oh, I, I, I played a game with Sabra. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, and yeah, I think there wasn't. I think there wasn't like anybody else free really. Um, so I just kind of chilled for a couple hours. And then I sat and talked more games and explaining American politics to Canadians for like until like three in the morning. Dang Which good. is that? Is that why you didn't come in? Like yeah, we, we were wondering. Like, <laughs> like, we're like to Brett? Is Brett dead? <laughs> nope. <laughs> what about what are my favorite hobbies at uh, at uh, War Machine Cons is explaining <laughs> the American healthcare system to Canadians. Yeah, good times. <laughs> um, but uh, so, anyways, so I played three pickup games on Friday and Saturday. That was all my War Machine content for the next day. Um, and I played against three Invitational players who were playing new factions. So these are like three of the best North American players in the world. North American players. <laughs> nailed it. Um, and uh, they played some of the worst War Machine I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like like they were doing just basic shit wrong. Like uh, like Matt let his boy, let, uh, forgot about the Hermit and let his... Um, Thomerite Archons each get killed by a single Trapperkin charge. Ow. So it turns out they don't have a melee weapon, so the Trapperkins can just charge right behind them. Yeah. And, and uh, you only need an 18 on 5 dice to kill them, which is like oh, 50. And I have a reroll. Roughly coin flip. Yeah, with a, with a reroll, it's like yeah. slightly better than a coin flip. Yeah, so my, my two free models each killed a... Uh, Eight-point <laughs> model. Yeah, it's insane. Um, Bump. Yeah. Uh, so, like... Like I, I was winning games that you know probably fifty fifty, but I was winning them with like such authority that it was like, what is going on? <laughs> you guys are good. What yeah. what is happening? Um, and they did not play that badly at the Invitational because like like Matt McWaters did got to the semifinals. No finals. Oh, we got to the finals no less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah so they played a lot better after that. Which we'll we'll talk about how interesting the like. Jaden, I think, made a comment while we were there about like who was playing in the finals. We were just like, what world are we even in? I mean, faction-wise, but um, very cool. So, yeah, Saturday, we again didn't have anything going on until the Invitational. Well, that's not true. I had a judgment thing that I thought oh, started you had at a judgment 10, yeah. but it started at 9. So when I got up at nine, got there at 9.30, I was informed that I got a round one loss, which was unfortunate because I then proceeded to play three very, very fast, brutal games of judgment that... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Judgment is usually a very close game as well, and it usually takes a good minute. But my first game took seven minutes, and my following two games took 25 minutes each. So, eh. like, basically didn't play scenario at all. No, it wasn't even that. Like, so in Judgment, you can kill the effigy is a is a win condition. It's a very difficult thing to do unless you weaken it by taking souls first, because it has a bunch of hit points. It's got resistance. Um, and like, if you don't kill it, it goes back to full health the next turn. So you just kind of like waste a turn. Uh, so nobody does it except for this was an advanced objectives map. And this is the map that I played the creator of the game on in the semifinals of the league that I won last month or whatever, when it was. And I do the same thing on this map. I, every single time I position super aggressively turn one, and then I kill the effigy as fast as possible turn two which either means I win or they have to like turn their entire force into fighting around their base, which is really bad. So yeah, that happened. Um, So it's just a super weird scenario. It's a super weird scenario. And I have heroes. So like 
the average hero on a on a charge or on a crit, which is like the most damage you can do, can do like five. Uh, I have two heroes in my warband that can do more than that, and that's important because it means that they can four shot the effigy instead of five shot it. Um, I assume the effigy isn't good at dodging. No, not so much. It's <laughs> it's pretty easy to hit. It has resistance. Yeah. Um, but and then I also have a a model with a ranged gun that's very accurate and. Uh, I positioned it in such a way that I could just aim and shoot at the effigy the next turn, which I don't think you think thought about either. So yeah, that game was over very fast. Um, so I played yeah, a lot of Judgment on Saturday. One thing I've one thing I found in Judgment is I have I've liked a lot of the kind of middling scenarios as far as complexity, but the ones that have a lot of stuff going on feel very swingy to me. Like they they really go extremely fast if you're not like really on the ball. Yeah, which um, I think is important. Those kind of scenarios need to exist in a game. At, right after you're playing about bunkers well yeah. <laughs> so there's a difference you don't need to bring specific model types to interact with this and and there's you know there's things like other than the fact that this the uh, effigies are advanced on scenario three on the cobblestone map they um the scenario is pretty tame there's one soul pit and there's two monsters and a shrine yeah so it's like makes sense it looks like a normal scenario um but yeah and so I played a bunch of Judgment and got to meet a bunch of people from the Discord, which was fun. And we also got to see two new heroes that are coming out, one of which is a human paladin who's really, really good. And the other one's an undead ice lich who just I love to pieces. I've played him three times now and I just love His him. His name's uh, he's called Kelthuzad, I think. <laughs> Zim Gigarak, but yeah. He's Zim Giggity. Zim Giggity. Yeah, that's what I'm calling him. Uh, I did a scramble. <laughs> I, yes, I, I, I scrambled. Um, I'm having a really hard time remembering this scramble, though. I can't help you because I wasn't there. I know. I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll buy some time with an anecdote. Do it. So, yeah. Um. So, so I stayed up to like three in the morning. So I slept until noon. Uh, although sometime in between there, I painted it. <laughs> yes, that did happen. And so. Right around twelve o'clock, I'm like blearily opening my eyes, and my phone's like, "You need to submit. You need to submit list for the invitation right now." I'm like, "What? But it doesn't start for eight hours." I know. Yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, I had to stop in the middle of one of the scramble games to go. Yeah, yeah I, I can't like, really now. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, so it turns out they specifically changed that rule to screw me over. Um. Uh-huh. So, anyways. Um. So yeah. So I, I roll out of bed. I'm in pajamas. I walk down. I fill up my list angrily. <laughs> I, I I hand them over and then I go back to sleep. <laughs> What's funny is I heard them make the announcement like invitational players, we need your lists, and I just was kind of like, yeah, in like a couple hours you do. Like yeah. I was, you know, I was just kind of like, I'm aware you need them today. Like I'll get it to you. And then yeah, like 20 minutes later, Jane's like, no, they want them like right now. I was like, really? It's like one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what are you talking it was, about? It wasn't even. It was like 11. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, it was still the morning. I was like, okay, sure. You were playing into Una two Griffins. Yeah, I, that was my first round. I, I'm remembering portions of this now. Um, I'm having a really hard time remembering what round three was, but um, yeah, I played into so I took that Amadeus that with the tweaks that we made. Um, I played into Una 2 Dev Host. Um, oh, yeah, a bit, a bit of a bl- a blast from the very, very narrow slice of past from a while ago. There was like a month where that list was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I hadn't played against it in a long time, and uh, so it was. It wasn't like exactly like what the old. I think it was. I want to say it was 
five Scarsfells and one Rotterhorn. What? Probably, it, pro- <laughs> it probably had to do with points or something. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, Scarsfells are eight, Rotterhorns are seven, I believe. Yeah, I, he was using the Rotter. He was using the Rotterhorn to like just start, like get in there to get flank going. Um. Anyway, uh, so he kind of had all of the um. Uh, Tharn over on one side. So we play. Oh, what the heck scenario was this? I'm really bad at the scenario anarchy. names. It was anarchy. Anyone. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, it was. It was. Uh, there were circle zones. That's side. anarchy. That is anarchy. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I. God. Anarchy's the new two flags, two objectives, two circles way on the side. The last right? like. Yeah, yeah. The last like three years of scenarios, I can't remember their names at all. I used to have them all like solid memorized, but when we, uh, I think it was like Steamer like 2017, I just like lost track completely. Anyway, um. So yeah, he had his he had two units of Thorn that were like way over to one side, and I mean like, one of them was like way over to one side. Like he definitely forgot about my ambushers. Um, like this was like round two. We we both run some stuff up. Um, and then the other thing that was kind of important was he put Mirage on the unit that I was going to ambush into, and Hand of Fate onto the unit that was closer to me. Uh, which is definitely what I preferred <laughs> because if Mirage is the one that is on the one that's closer to me, I have to actually kind of work around them, but mm-hmm. without Mirage on them, I know kind of exactly how far they're going to go as long as I don't hit them with anything. Um, I ambushed in and I killed the chieftain. That's big. Uh, yeah, oh my he also, God. He, he missed, he mispositioned his shaman a little bit too. So he wasn't able to keep them all in steady range. Oh no. Um, so yeah, I, I like one at the end, like one was knocked down. Chieftain was dead. And I think there was three ravagers left of that unit. One of them knocked down. The chieftain mm. has one job. Yeah. He just got straight, like wrecked by a dark Ray, sentinel, Ray like just, just obliterated by a dark sentinel. Um, I mean, dice yeah, off so, one, that's going to happen. Yeah. He just, yeah, he got, he got ripped apart. Um, so that was very, very good for me. Um, I was summoning Desolators into DevHost. I just summoned Desolators. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, very good into Ravagers. Um, they just need, like... It, it just takes, like, alright rolls out of them to kill Ravagers pretty consistently. So um, They're also really nice for... Attem- so, they're nice mathematically for attempting to snipe out Lord of the Feast, but, man, they're bad at it. Like, every time I do it, they just roll, like, garbage. <laughs> it's like, alright, uh, you sprayed him twice, he did two damage, and he's corroded. And you're like, great. <laughs> Um, boosted damage rolls doesn't matter. Uh, so at this point, um, one of the Ravagers units, like the, the one that got ripped apart is kind of stuck dealing with that cultist unit, which boy did they, but like, that, cult, <laughs> that cultist unit disappeared instantly, but it was cause they all had to be kind of close together. So like, even if without the mini feet, they all just like walked into melee range and just ate them all alive. Um, these other Ravagers, though, I kind of stayed away. Oh, so the other thing was I had Shriek, I had the Shrieker, I had Ragnar Shrieker get really aggressive. So it was catching two Ravagers under Wailing. And uh, yeah, that was pretty annoying. Um, so I was like, hey, it's two Ravagers that aren't going to be able to charge. And so he had to like bend over backwards, killing this damn Shrieker to be able to like get any work done. Like Lord of the Feast went and just like smacked a Shrieker instead of like doing anything relevant. And actually, no, he walked over and missed the gunshot. That's what it was. Ah. The shrieker and was like, oh, well, that's a lot better than going and like hitting three of my heavies and trying to do a bunch of damage. Um, I believe at this point he also feats and like all the birds come flap flapping in. 
<laughs> and uh, I think I lost like one of the tormentors, and another one was pretty badly hurt. Um, but like, Lockhorns does a lot. <laughs> like, it's especially yeah. like, I mean, even with so he primaled a couple of them, but like the ones that aren't primaled, they're dice off. They're dice off nine, which with flank, like you'll do a few, but and they have a lot of attacks. So like, they do do the damage, but part of the problem is they're doing their damage with a lot of attacks, which armor is better the more attacks they're having to put into you, right? That's mm-hmm. um and so when it's like, oh I'm gonna chip damage you, it's like, well I have plus two armor, so good luck. Actually this brings up an interesting question that I've been kind of wondering about. We all know that dice off four is where you boost. When do you boost with three dice? Like um, where where is that magic point? Is it dice off nine or is it dice off eight? It's like it's like seven or eight, I think. It's like in there somewhere. Um, I'd have to I'd have to sit and fiddle with it. Yeah, I don't know that math, which I don't either. I which, is, which is weird. Yeah, usually I, we're complete dorks about that kind of thing. Um, anyway, so at this point, um, everything's kind of in my face. He did get rid of the shrieker with something. I don't even remember what finally killed it. It took a lot. Uh, charged into a couple random things. Um, I want to say I killed Call with a desolator spray again earlier on. <laughs> I just hunt him with desolators and they, sh- their math isn't that great into him, but they just do it every day. Like they can't kill Lord of the feast, but for some reason call, they're just going to crank damage every, like I was killing with like my first spray, which is like not very likely. Not really. You need a um, but, yeah, but it just it seems to always happen. Um, so at this point, uh, the fun part about the Omodemos list is you get to decide what the turn you pull the trigger is. And this, this was the trigger turn. So I had got a couple souls. So I want to say Amadamus was on like nine essence after the hermit. Um, got harmonious exaltation and position to Viaros to die. Because <laughs> uh, that's yeah. what he was going to do. I love harmonious exaltation on Amadamus because that free flashing blade is wonderful. <laughs> um, charged in and got melee range on Lord of the Feast and three birds. Oh, and I, I killed a bunch of like random ravagers and stuff to get synergy up to three first. Uh, flashing bladed like a few times and everything was dead. Um, ended my turn camping like five, I think. Standing kind of in the middle of what army he had left. Um, and between everything that my battle group killed and everything Amadeus killed, Amadeus um, had 11 souls. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, I remember why. I remember why I don't remember my third round. I dropped after this one because I actually lost this game technically. Um, so <laughs> I'm happily murdering everything he has. He doesn't really do a whole lot. I come back to my. He had like a he had like a primal bird that did something, and then he had like one that was like still alive and not primaled. Um, and then like that other unit of ravagers, which I should note also on my turn, one of the things Regna did is charged a ravager into his back arc, killed it and battle was or blood boon a hellfire into another one and killed it. Um, he set up his ravagers in some kind of weird spots, like the couple he had left. I go back to my turn. I go up to 17 essence. Matemos, <laughs> 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 And I'm like, uh, and I'm standing like pretty close to Una, but I was like, Omodemos couldn't get there. Cause he couldn't see, like he couldn't quite see her. Don't you just um, spell assassinate her at that point? I pr- yeah, like I was in like walk and shoot four full, like breath of corruptions into her range like pretty easily. But I was like, well, I'll just clean up. Like I'll be able to score like 
a half a million scenario points this turn. Like I will clean up this table super easily. Um, so I just start murdering stuff. And then I look over at my clock and I'm already down. Like it has already gone to zero and I'm like two minutes past it and it never made a sound. <laughs> and we look and it's little chime thing was off. <laughs> I was Good. like, Oh, my opponent had like 42 seconds on his clock. I was like, I didn't realize we were this far down. <laughs> like I, Welcome to I Plague Infernals. Not, I did not notice. Yeah. Um, so that's actually... Uh, yeah. That's So actually, that's where I'm mixing this up. This was round two of this scramble. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I played against Circle twice. <laughs> that's, that's where I keep getting confused. Because the other game I played against Kruger. All right. Uh, Kruger too. And he had... Uh, see, this would have been Dev Oh, host, I remember but, this, yeah. Yeah, th- this was yeah, Dev yeah. Host. He had one Raptor. He had no Raptors in this list. Um, it was Max Yodel- Wolf Riders. It was Max Wolf Riders, Blood Trackers with, with Nula. Um, I'm having a very hard time piecing together everything that was in this list because it's. Um, it's it, I'm used to Dev Host, which is like a couple of Raptor units. Uh, well. Yep. Well. Um,. And then Lord of the Feast and Crockpot, probably. There was no Crockpot. That's one of the things I thought was weird. Breed and Call. Breed and Call. Um, and I know that he summoned a Bloodweaver Nightwitch with the well. Did he have and... a Blood Shaman? No, I don't think so. That's oh, he had he had the unit of Bloodweavers with an attachment. Okay. Well. And I, yeah, I want to say he didn't have a Shaman. That's weird because um, she can cast TK, and that's pretty good. Yeah, you yeah, seems pretty good. Um, this uh kind of went a similar direction. <laughs> um, he decided he really wanted his wolf riders up near the edge of the board for some reason. Like he just really wanted to be there, even though I had the the ambushers. And he sort of like made this weird little circular formation of them all facing in strange directions. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's cool. Yeah. And he's like relying on annoyance. The problem is, is that like Dark Sentinels have two inch melee. <laughs> so like annoyance isn't really a huge deal, especially because like the angles I was at, I was like, there's really no way to stop you or stop me from like charging into a couple of back arcs. Um, there's not a lot you can do about that. Uh, they all charged in and between all of their attacks and Battle Wizard and everything, there was just one Wolf Rider left with one health because I hex bolted it and it didn't quite die. Um, yeah, dice plus one. Or straight dice. Dice minus one. Dice minus, dice one. minus one. Got yeah, there you that's go. Some, that, that's it. how math works. I got there eventually. Um and I don't know, like this was just another case of like so he summoned in this Blood Weaver Night Witch, but he forgot about countercharge, so he charged it into me and then one of my tormentors just ate her. Um <laughs> Yeah. And like the blood trackers kinda they did a bit of damage. The problem is is he really spread his damage out really bad. He did lots of like I'm going to do six damage to this tormentor then like four damage to this one and a few damage yeah. to this one. So it's like all my tormentors were like a little damaged, but like nothing was really hurt. Um, and at that point, like I feet with Omodemos. I get synergy up like elsewhere, but I feet and I kill like his well. I kill Omodemos kills like four blood trackers and literally has nothing else to do with his essence. So I just end my turn camping like seven um I was like, like a, seven inches from a storm raptor yeah just looking at the storm raptor like hello um <laughs> would you like to kill me do you have enough attacks to do that 
No, um, no, they do because I, I have spoilers. like se- I have like seven heavies to transfer to, so like you won't even really damage them that much. Um, yeah, and under locked horns, it's like dice minus a couple. And I was like, eh, come on, do your thing. Um, and yeah, I basically wiped out his army. I ended my turn camping like camping seven or eight with like eight souls, and he just didn't really have anything left. So that, and that's I really like this Omodemos list. <laughs> um. Once we made those changes to it, it's really dynamic. There's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with it. Uh, you have a lot more choices. You have Regna in there. You've got like Alish. You can do some cool things. Um, just a lot more options. You get the ambushing cultist unit, which can really help narrow like where the game is being played. Um, it's very very fun, and you you just get like when Amadeus works, he's glorious. Like you. You just you get to pull the trigger and go in and just stand in the middle of the table, being like, "Okay, what are you gonna do about it?" Like, I'm I'm camping a lot and have like 150 boxes worth of transfers I can send to, so like enjoy. Conversely, um, we discovered that this is not how I play this game at all, in any way, shape, or form, because playing this list was really hard for me. Yeah, really it, hard. It's like the opposite of how you like to play the game. It is. Like, pretty much the opposite of how I like to play the game. I don't like to do that kind of stuff at all. Um, I still took it for the Invitational, and I only played that list. I never got to play Agathon. But uh, I need to practice it a lot more if I'm going to be comfortable with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, like, once I kind of... So I did... And so, yeah, I lost that second round. Technically, I just dropped out because it was about 4 o'clock at this point. Yep. Uh, Invitational was at 8. And I was like, I'm going to go sit in my room... By myself. Finished until painting I barged in. Yeah, until yeah, until I came rolling in. I was like, I'll paint up Alish and you know, put on some headphones and watch Critical Role and just chill. Um, take my shoes off and yeah, it's just getting away from the noise for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Reset. Um, yeah, Jaden came up and I, I think we went out and got food. Yep. Well, we had yeah. a nice little like half-hour chat where it's just yeah, we so we yeah we sat and hung out for a while, and then we went down and we, he got a pizza. I got some like mozzarella sticks, and then, yeah, we just kind of like wound down for a few hours. Uh, yeah. After the invitation. Which is really nice. Did you do anything besides nap, Brett? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I you weren't in the room most of that time, so yeah. no. I played one of those pickup games. I hung out and watched. Yeah, cool. Actually, I played two pickup games. Yep. So then we got to the Invitational itself. So Ooh. I had I had an interest. I had a fun process of figuring out what the hell my opponent was going to be playing, because um, he was because my opponent wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, for him, it basically came down to like borrowing some models, and the guy he was going to borrow the painted Infernal models from was in the finals of the LCQ. Like he was at the time, he was just still because they had they did their list hand in so early that the guy was like still going in LCQ, and he's like, I don't know if I'm going to have those models or not. Um, so he took his circle that he brought with him, which is what I was hoping, uh, for sure. Although had I known, this is where the invitation kind of funky, had I known he was taking circle, there's like a slight tweak I would have made to my list just to target him slightly, but such is life. Um, so, uh, I had, uh, my game against Adam Stewart, who's just one of the nicest guys ever. Uh, he was super fun. We basically started the game going, like, he was like, I just want to have fun <laughs> and i was like you know what man i'm on board like i don't play even at that level like i want to play a very clean game but i don't i don't play super serious like well, i'm not we 
we're, we don't want to win on gotchas. That's the whole. Well, that's what it, well, I like. Like Brett, I, I came and sat and watched like a chunk of your game and chat with 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 Watt, and like it's way more fun to just like, hey, let's play this like we're like at home having a good time, but make sure we're doing it right. You know, yeah. like we're at a tournament. Well, let's chill. <laughs> you know, yeah. a little bit. And and I don't want to say like one of the things I found is that the War Machine like tournament level is pretty good about that for the vast most part. Yeah, it, n- it's, it's very prisoner's dilemma. It's like yeah. we're willing, uh, I, at least for me, I'm willing to extend you a lot of a lot of slack, but if you if you gotcha me, I'm going to play it perfectly. Yeah, like, we're gonna be we're going really hardcore. Angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the most part, I, like for the vast vast most part, like even in really late like tournament games, I found everybody very very relaxed. Yeah. Um, it's just sometimes it's kind of funny, especially if you go into a room like I just always remember like my first lock and load. I went back to the master's tables and it was just like a library in there. It's like dead silent. It's like <laughs> everybody having fun. <laughs> but like, yeah, but for like the vast most part, like I've found like games are very friendly, even at that level. And and yeah, so I, yeah, Adam was just like, I just want to have a good time. So I knew what his pairing was. He had a, he had a Balder one dev host and a Kruger two um, double storm Raptor list. And I felt very, and so the part of the thing that's kind of funny about this is it was Adam, uh, it was Adam and somebody else I was talking to that originally got me onto the idea of using Omodemos into dev host. Um, so he knew that's, that was my like hope was that he would drop Alder one. And I think Omodemos just absolutely shreds that. Yep. Uh, it's a very hard game for him to fight. He can do some good damage, but as long as I position like reasonably well, don't give him too much all at once. And then like right. his feet does nothing. Um, like, Oh no, I don't have Pathfinder. I do have ghostly. Exactly. Um, yeah, like my counter feet just ignores his feet completely. And like, yeah. Oh no, you have cover that I have like no things like my gate shoots and ignores cover. Nothing else in my list cares. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, like Agathon, I feel is playable into both his lists. It's just like I think Baller would be fine. Um, not like amazing, but it'd be fine. Uh, and into the Storm Raptor list is just like, well, as long as I can keep Agathon alive, <laughs> like maybe. Which that's the trick, because fifteen, fourteen, or whatever is fourteen, fifteen. Sorry, is very bad. Uh, yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> Uh, especially because I have no Umbral Guardian. No, I have like one Umbral Guardian in the Agathon list. Yeah, there's one. <clears throat> so I dropped Amadeus. He dropped Kruger, which is pretty much what I expected. And I feel this is a matchup I feel very confident about. Um, assuming a couple of things. Right, <laughs> right. And those are the important things. So first off, him going first is somewhat problematic. It, it puts him in the game a lot more. So. Infernals is even more exaggerated first turn advantage than even yes. the rest of War Machine is right now, right? Like okay. going, also, going, yeah, like, going first, you feel a hundred times better. With, yeah, with that's stuck. That's uh, it, it is. It is annoying so because the thing is, is it puts you like when you're going second, you're a full like turn behind on your you're full heavy behind. Yeah, basically, um, especially like when you play a Dark Legacy Mirror, you feel that real bad. Like it's it feels rough uh, going second because you're you're you already feel behind just immediately. Um, so yeah, he goes first, and th- so this was an interesting thing too. And I think we can talk a little bit about the first turn advantage because a lot of discussions I had after the invitational were over were really interesting. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, he unfortunately won the roll off and he goes, he goes first. So the reason that this is an issue is I have no umbral guardians in this list. Amademos is pretty tanky. Like he's not, he ain't the squishiest boy. And I was able to get Regna into the list with the changes I made. Now he has a pure blood, but that's resources he has to spend on that. Um, instead of doing anything else. So, um, the, yeah, the main issue with him going first is he's able to get those storm Raptors up and into position before I can like set myself up (laughs) kind of. So he runs everything up. So he's got two storm Raptors. He's got a pure blood, uh, Trying to remember what else is even in that list that's like relevant. It's like there's not a lot of points left for anything else. There's like Gallows Groves, Lord of the Feast. Yeah, there's like a couple of Gallows Groves, Lord of the Feast. Um, there's a, a Bellows Crew. Um, fish stick. No, he took Fish Stick out. Oh, no, uh, yeah, he's not in there. there. There's there's probably something else. The Hermit, it's, I think, is in there. The Hermit's in there. Yeah, it's like it's a. I don't know. Most of the list didn't come up. <laughs> it's mostly just the those main pieces. Um. So I kind of move up and I keep Omodemos sort of, he's a little bit behind my gate, but not completely. It's just hard. He, you can't really hide him. He's a large base. He's too big. Um, I put a wretch on him, give him stealth and I camp three. And so part of the thing is I cast locked horns this turn. I think I didn't even cast synergy. Um, cause I just didn't have the essence to, to do it. So the reason I did that, cause he asked me why later, cause he's like, I'm just going to shoot you. And I was like, this is the thing. <laughs> if I don't cast locked horns, I understand your plan is to shoot me, but you can just charge me. And if I don't have locked horns up and you just roll a little bit well, I could lose like four, like four heavies at once, like easily, like four to five. Yeah. Very, very easily. Um, now I kind of knew his plan was to hang back and shoot. So maybe I could have second guessed that a little, <laughs> Because if I'm camping four, he he can't really kill me. Like the math just isn't really there. Yeah, three the math is there. <laughs> so he does a very long turn because he decides he's going to try to kill him with demos. Um, he does a lot of TKs. He almost messes it up like a half dozen times. It was <laughs> wonderful. Like. So he ran his Bellows crew up just to like get him out of the way of something else, but then realized he put one of them right where his Storm Raptor needed to land. So he had Una, who was running one of them, walk up and shoot it in the back. And then Kruger TKs himself up, charges into like the middle of my army and feats, right? So he feats the wretch away from Omodemos. Mm-hmm. Which what I should have done is put the wretch in front of Omodemos, because then he would have to push Omodemos, not the wretch. Yeah. And if he does that, then I'm further away. And actually, he wouldn't have got to me. He didn't. He wouldn't have had range. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things to remember. Another thing is that because I had two wretches, I could have summoned on something else. And you can actually sandwich him in between the two wretches. <laughs> um, and that actually works. Because <laughs> uh, you just get bumped into the other one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he feats. And the way he feats shoves two of my, like, heavies into that spot where the Bellows crew just was. <laughs> <laughs> for the rap and he was like ah oh, damn it it's <laughs> like ah like he just like killed his own model to clear that um but yeah he, so he did that he got um he was also able to get within 10 so that's the other thing is if he if i had had the wretch in front he's forced to push amadeus far enough away that he wouldn't have the animus on me 
but because I was like just within 10. Uh, but he got the animus out. So basically, he dumped his whole stack. It was like TK. Um, uh, it's like TK, Wraithbane, Wraithbane, Animus. That's, yeah, it's all seven of us. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, another random tidbit that uh, Adam pointed out to me that I should pass on is that if you put a wretch in front of Omodamos and a wretch behind Omodamos, you're perfectly yeah, I just, safe. I just said that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was zoning out slightly. So, yeah, sandwiching <laughs> back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he mentioned that to me. Uh, I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I should have just summoned on like Alish or something. He wasn't going to be relevant. Um, so yeah, uh, the first one moves over and the way, the way storm Raptors have to make their attacks to optimize their math is really interesting. Um, he really wants to not boost the first attack roll. Uh, mm -hmm. so he needs a six just on two dice. He got it. Boost damage and rolls like a 14. <laughs> uh. I was like, okay, I'll transfer that, I guess. Buys shot, automatically hits, boost damage, rolls like a 13. It's like, alrighty. <laughs> this, this is how this is going. Um, does the last shot, does some pretty decent damage. And then the other raptor takes a while to get range, uh, but 14 inches is very far. And it turned out that he was like, he was sitting there trying to figure out because he'd covered all his own landing positions then realized he could just like walk over a little bit and he'd have range because 14 inches is super far. Um, so he walks over a bit, gets into that spot, shoots at caster, rolls that hard six again. Uh, it connects. And then like the first boost of damage roll kills me at that point. Cause I, I, I was camping two actually at this point. Um, I've fed it into, it's hard to, it's hard to get the math with sustained attack. Uh, but I fed it in. And it's, it's like a, probably to be a little generous it's like a 70 percenter um but he kind of just like i don't know i think he just really didn't want to play like a long drawn out game 70 uh, is pretty good. it's not too bad yeah I mean, it's uh, 98 yeah seriously yeah and if and if <laughs> i have like one, if i have like one more transfer he would have probably still killed me due to the very high dice he rolled mm -hmm. but the odds are way worse yeah. Um, so if I do synergy instead of uh, Lockhorns, um, I have one extra, and it's just, he probably wouldn't have gone for it at that point. But I don't know how that plays out if he doesn't. It's it's a it's a funky game. Um, so I was out at that point, and it's single elimination, so I was done. All right, Jaden, you go next. So I played into Cody Demon round one. He had Protectorate. Uh, he won the Michigan GT, I think. And uh, he played Krios 3 and Harbinger at that, which I was kind of hoping he'd play into me, because I wanted to um, Dark Seduction all of the Cinerators out of Shield Wall and have them kill each other, and then I didn't care if I won the game or not, I just wanted to do it. Um, but no, uh, he'd teched really well for me, and he put Sevi 1 in his pairing, uh, dropping Krios 3, which is, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen Sevi 1 in a, in a game in a hot minute. Uh, but he's got Spell Ward. Uh, I, I see him all the time. Well, yeah, I used to play him all the time. Exactly. <laughs> I love that so he's, he's got Spell Ward, and he knew the Agathon assassinating a full camp, full health harbinger is like higher than 90% math, and I can do it like every turn, no problem. So I knew he was going to get, he was going to be dropping that, and so I dropped, um, I dropped Omidamos, and he dropped Sevi. And so we got to play the lovely game of can the Judicator do enough damage to actually matter? And the answer ended up being no. 
Um, I rolled slightly poor on it, on so I got to send a Tormentor into it under Synergy, but I rolled really badly and left it on like 10. And then I got to charge it with three Dark Sentinels, and they rolled pretty poorly and left it on one, but corroded. And then the corrosion killed it. So that was that, glorious. That's how, that's how you drop a Colossal, man. Yeah. Gotta get that so uh, we were playing, what was the scenario? It was Invasion for this round, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I started pull head on scenario through a combination of the fact that I was making heavies every turn, and uh, the only things in his list that I was scared of were the Judicator and the two Menite Archons, and I was able to kill a Menite Archon pretty quick. Um, side note, my Desolator that I summoned was an absolute boss this game. It, like, sprayed and killed Hand of Silence, and mm, then Melek, and uh, also killed the Menite Archon with that assault, and debuff the Judicator all in one turn, and then did that for like three more turns, just were killing random things that were contesting and debuffing mm-hmm. crap. Desolators are, Desolators are so good, as long as you don't buy them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, boils down to a string of really, really bad dice. Uh, leave Omadamos in melee with an untouched Menite Archon that had Omadamos and two Tormentors Whale on it, and not hit it once. Uh, it had Defenders Ward on it, but still. Um, and so he has a really, really, really crappy assassination run on Omadamos that involves Sevi charging and killing a Tormentor, and then having enough juice at the end of it to kill Omadamos with an assassination, or with spells. Did you have and, Locked Horns up? Uh, I did not have Locked Horns up. Um, he but could do it, but it's not great. He could do it, it wasn't great. <laughs> the other yeah. thing is that... Um, Sevi had to spend so much of that game just hiding as far back as physically possible because I had two Desolators on the table most of the time. And it was like, if these two Desolators assault me, do I die? Mm, yep, looks like yep. it. Yeah, most likely. Yep. So um, that happened. And eventually, so that didn't work out. And then it's like, oh, look, Sevi's sitting here on zero camp about an inch and a half from Omadamos. And that's how that ended up going. So, yep. Um, an important thing that happened that game is that uh, I didn't realize he didn't know that my feet gave ghostly because I ran through what everything did at the beginning of the game. It was like, gives ghostly plus use speed, blah, 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 blah. And he positioned his Judicator behind a wall and put a punch monk to stop the landing spot for the Tormentor that totally didn't care about that. And um, oops, yeah, so that, that that kind of felt bad, but eh, that's, that's kind of how it was. I did get to kill punch monks with Shrieker Blast, which was great. I loved that. Oh god. Yeah, they they would yeah, they have to stay 4 inches away, more than 4 from everything. Well, and he had like freaking ni- like nine shield guards plus uh blessing, right? Cuz the yeah. shields are everywhere. Turns out when they they don't have martyrdom, they're a lot easier to kill. Uh pro tip. So, you know, grievous wounds is great. Um I also got to do the cute thing where Regna walked one out of the the shield wall and then murdered a friendo with it. Nice. So that was cute. Um but yeah. So, even with shield guards eventually got to the point where it's like you don't have enough shield guards. You just get to sort of die to Shrieker Bounces. Nice. Yeah. All right, Brett, how'd your game go? So, remember last week we you... said there weren't going to be Scorn in the, in, in the LCQ? Boy, were we yeah, you wrong. Pr- you played against, you played against uh, some tired, poor LCQ player, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was playing against Watt. He was playing against Scorn. Uh, so <laughs> there's two predictions right down the drain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. And so it ended up being uh, Dreamer in Dissolve 2, uh, which I think is a perfectly playable game for Dreamer. Um, and let's see, where's some highlights? Um, on Dissolve 2's feet turn, I turned seven Immortals into mice. 
Beautiful. <laughs> and didn't give him any souls. Or any... Oh, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Or, yeah, or any, or if he did get a soul, any recursion. Yeah. Um, and for, then uh, his mammoth came in, killed one of my heavies. I killed his mammoth back. Um, he was able to score three. Um, but because I had... Um, Last turn as a joke. I, so last turn, the turn before, I wanted the Baron to be able to walk through Dreamer, so I had her going corporeal. Um, but because I forgot that I wasn't playing Circle, and therefore all my Warlocks, uh, I, I thought all Warlocks have Pathfinder, um, <laughs> which is not always the case. Um, and so Dreamer wasn't able to make it in the zone to score, which would put me up to three one, which is an important difference because he was uh, he was it was possible for him to score two, but it was really really difficult. Um, like I had I had Baron parlayed uh, engaging I think nine immortals. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, especially since he like all right I go in corporeal. I was like okay I take a free strike. He's like no no I went in corporeal. I'm like that's fine. <laughs> so consume <laughs> yeah so I, I consumed i think seven incorporeal mortals <laughs> it was so dumb <laughs> um, but uh he was able to clear both both his zones um with the two with the supreme guardian killing basically two clocks uh and so i wasn't able to i wasn't able to win um but it was a really fucking close game and it had like one of the most bizarre rulings of all time yeah uh, so he he messed up and ran part of his unit that needed to score the zone out of the zone, and he like used like his last attack to kill my clockatrice. Um, he's like, wait a second, this one advocate is left. I'm like, uh, okay, well it's in the forest, and let's see how far it can run. And it's like, well it's two inches short, and so uh, we're like, well it is in resonance range. I'm like, yeah, but it's not an immortal. <laughs> um, so, it turns out, despite the fact that it has Immortal written nowhere on its card, it is, in fact, an Immortal. So, it got the two inches and able to run in. Which is Aww. just, it's like, it's so fucking weird. Like That's it's, a little yeah, strange, yeah. It's the theme force thing? Well, especially, especially because they, yeah, because they, because they, in Mark two, just, like, being a member of that unit, like, made you that thing. Right, everything but, got to be a trencher with Murdoch. But it's around. yeah, but it's not anymore. Like Murdoch doesn't make the whole unit a trencher unit. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, anyway, the judges had to make a call on everything. It, no, for sure. Like I like honestly, like thinking it over, I feel like I'm like sixty percent that that's the correct call. Mm-hmm. But it's a weird one, right? And so Super I believe weird. they got sent in for an infernal check because it was like, yeah, that's a very odd question. Um, cause a couple ways you could kind of interpret that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah so if, I, if I had played better and not gone in corporeal as a joke, I would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Brett and I were out round one. Pretty close. Yep. So round two, I got to play into JVM, uh, which is a great time. Always. I play JVM three times now. He's a fantastic opponent. Um, and he was playing Absalonia two and Lilith three. And I knew unless I had Sloan, he was dropping Absalonia two. So that's what I expected to see. Uh, and I won the roll-off, and I chose to go first, which, after a lot of discussion with both Jake and Omnis, was 100% the wrong call. Um, we were playing on King of the Hill, so there's the two z- zones on the side with objectives. And an objective scenario is one that Abby loves, because she can always trigger Alpha Hunter. But if you go second, she can't do it on turn two, so she just kind of has to jockey. And without Alpha Hunter, my heavies actually threat similar distances to her list, and that's bad news for an Infernal player. So, but, 
We told you the trick, though, right? No. So you can still go first. Oh. You just, <laughs> you just have your master sacrifice the objective for essence. Yeah, I'm not certain that that works still. <laughs> Why not? So, I, I don't know. Because I'm pretty it's sure a, constructs a, are soulless models. No, they're not. <laughs> they're All not. Right. Just, nobody, nobody cares about their souls usually. It's the same way undead are, aren't aren't soulless. All right, um, fair enough. And yeah, they're fr- they're friendly faction models, and they're not soulless, so they're sacrificable. <laughs> well, it's, okay. so it's a weird thing that has to, has to do with how privateer press keywords things, right? Because right. generally, like like undead says, like it will not generate a soul token, but that's not well, the same thing as as the keyword soulless, right? It's, it's all soul takers. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't deal with you guys' janky crap right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this is when we're digging too far it. into the rules. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I win the roll off and I go first and I, I do all the stuff like normal. I'm going to get deaths later because I'm like, I'm just going to spray some heavies, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he gets the alpha on me and his gut dice absolutely explode. Um, he's able to alpha me with all with five of his six shredders. Um, and that's bad. And so three shredders come in and ding up two of my tormentors. Um, but leave them alive because Golab's going to come in and finish them off because that's kind of just how Golab works. And then he's like, all right, so these other two are going to charge this other Tormentor. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, uh, first one, 6665. <laughs> oh, okay. Second one, like, 66 something something, big numbers. And he's able to one round that, de- that Tormentor with just two Shredders, which is important for two reasons. Number one, um, it meant that he did not have to come in with Proteus. If he has to come with Proteus, that means that on the following turn, I can charge all both of his heavies, and I can kill all of them. Number two, it means that Proteus is able to go over to the right side zone after Abby's kills that objective and threaten to score it if I don't clear him out. And he baits my um, ambush attempt, because he's like less than 14 inches from the side. And I'd forgotten the hit on yielding. So he scores three points this turn. Kills my objective, takes his zone, uh, scores my circle zone, or scores the circle zone, uh, and the flag. No, he scores four points this turn. That's the problem. He scores four points this turn. And then I come back and I kill all five of his, all six of his shredders. I kill Golab, and I ambush, and I, and I do, like, I roll pretty poorly, but I shouldn't have killed him anyway. I get four regular cultists and three dark sentinels into um, Proteus, which, napkin math real quick, says that should be, like, 27 damage-ish, 26 which is not enough to kill it because it's got 30. But if I get a little lucky, it kills it. If that ha- if I do kill it that turn, I absolutely am fine. Um, but I-, I didn't. So the next turn, Abby comes in and kills a couple cultists, and then Proteus tramples over all the cultists and gets to Eilish and Hawk, who are in the backside of the zone contesting, and kills them both, and then uh, scores his last point because I wasn't able to clear the Hellmouth Tentacles from the middle zone. So a couple of mistakes I made. If I just ambushed the cultists on the other side of the table and evaluated the situation properly, they could have charged his objective, killed it, killed the Blight Wasp, and I could have summoned the Tormentor that I did anyway and put it in that zone and scored two points. Uh, at that point, there's no way I lose this game because he's almost out of models and I'm just going to keep making heavies. Um, and the second thing is if I just have Omadamos on the other side of my gate so that it's close to the objective, it gets locked horns too. <laughs> and... At that point, Abby's dice off sixes, and Omodamos is able to threaten her wherever she decides that she's going to hang out. Um, if those things happen, because she was like 0.1 inches away from 
dying to random other models the entire time. Like she was 0.1 inches away from my tormentors. Omen almost threatens an inch farther than they do. So if he's over there, uh, it's a lot different of a game. So I made like one pretty massive, one kind of minor mistake, and then Jake punished the crap out of me and his dice were awesome. So I lost that game. But it was a really good game. I don't feel bad about it at all. Like it was, it was a really good game. And we uh, went up and played War Machine games till like three in the morning. <laughs> we did. I played Crucible Guard. It's true. <laughs> and you, you forgot sure? how to play with that tactician. I did a little bit. It's true. The first <laughs> turn was rough. Yeah, when you like surrounded your Rayless Interceptor yeah, and Steelheads, so, I was like, so "What are you at doing?" This, at this point, Chandler proceeds to look at my table and then laugh his head off for about five minutes. No joke. He just sort of collapses, laughing and wheezing, and everybody around him starts laughing and. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I've never seen somebody positioned to have more order of activations issues. Hey, I figured it out. Dang it. You did, but okay. <laughs> yeah, everything was like so packed in. I was like, what is even happening? Yeah. I'm used laugh. to playing with Tactician Everybody, dang it. Infernals makes you worse as a player. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we, we played Call to Adventure the next day? Yeah, me and um, Brett did. And at least one copy of it was bought before we left the con. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, I already have one here. <laughs> yeah. um, I played I, the solo mode a couple times. It's actually pretty yeah. fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. It works well. Yeah. We yeah we played it twice. Um, we did twenty times. Was fun. I wanted um, to play another one, but then Phil left, and I was like, Yeah, oh. right. Sure. Um, we played our annual game of judgment. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I only brought one model that hard countered his model, while he brought two that hard countered mine. So. <laughs> so, so yeah, having never played the game, or sorry, I played once a year. Uh, so I just picked models that I thought were cool. I'm like, oh, I'll pick all these ones that have stun. Uh, he's like, I'll pick all the elves. And yeah, it turns out that like, oh well, this guy ignores armor. Well, I don't have any defense, or I don't have any agility, or whatever that stat is called. It's like, yeah. uh, resistance. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I only have resistance. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, I have infinite defense. So like, this guy does like seven auto points a turn. Like, uh, it's a weird game. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> Piper's like, I ignore everything except for the exact things you're doing to me. Oh, God. I'm getting thrown everywhere. Yeah. That was a really entertaining game to watch. Like, honestly, like, like, Piper in a list with Sky in it just has, like, no business dying anytime soon, and he just got fucked. Just over and over. I was like, make it stop. Yep. Yeah, at least twice. I watched him die twice. <laughs> He's having a bad time. But yeah, and then at that point, it was time to head to the airport. Yeah. Yep. And we found out that Chandler wasn't in the same terminal as us for some yep, reason. I got to, I got to go Brett Brett style, and although I had um I had uh, Stan. Stan and and uh, yeah, so they came yeah. with me. Um, although man, boy, did they get harassed at security. Really? <laughs> Goodness. So yeah, they have. So, like, usually everybody who has, like, the, the clear, like, Corey Doyle case is like, yeah, security's, like, way easier. Um, we went through different lines. It was Stan and um, the guy who was with him, whose name I forget. I don't know if I ever got it, actually. Um, they they were ahead of me. Like, the other line, they were on the other side, and I was, like, standing in line waiting to go through the metal detector. And they were on the other side already, and I was like, oh, they're going to have to wait for me. And I get through, and they're, like, not done. And they're like making one guy because one guy had it, the the Stan's friend had uh, his case was like duct taped partly shut because it looked like it was falling apart just a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'd put a bunch of duct tape around it. They were like making him pull all the duct tape off to open it. Wow. And they were like taking stand, like they were taking a bag and just running it over and over again. And I was just sitting there like, well, I'm hungry. So, and our, our terminal was like right after security. So I was like, I guess I'll see you guys there <laughs> whenever you're done. And I like, Walk there. I walk like halfway down the terminal too, because I was like looking for something to eat. I ended up stopping, getting Starbucks, waited on that, came back. They still weren't there. I was like, I wonder what's going on. Um, so yeah, it sounds like I don't know what was going on with the other one, but it's like something in Stan's bag was just setting it off over and over again. And we think it was one of those uh, the like Mechanica Studios um trays. Has mm. like a has like a particular kind of resin around the outside of it that is like, I guess used in some kind of bomb, but they couldn't <laughs> figure out that that's what it was. So they were just running it over and over and just like taking individual items out of it and like just so you stuck there forever. I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, got, I got through real easy. Like nobody looked at my bag or anything. Like nobody touched. It was like my clothes yeah. bag I can't see into. It was like, oh, oh, all right. My judgment bag got flagged because it has like a million zillion dice of various size that probably look like explosive in it. But yeah. like like fragmentation <laughs> bits or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so my travel story. So my hour and a half flight. Uh, we sat on the tarmac for an hour because one of the flight attendants lost their iPad and they were trying to find it. Wow. <laughs> seriously wow well apparently it's an faa requirement they have the uh, each of them have like the flight manual on them and so but and it it, that's what it was on yeah that's what it was on and so they had to like print out a 400 page manual it was awful like we were like we were literally loaded up and ready to go and we just sat there for an hour that's rough (laughs) like this is almost the duration of the flight (laughs) yeah yeah my flights were actually like you know how my flights are always terrible beyond words I mean, my I know how you always okay. complain about. <laughs> well, your yeah, first one got in like 45 minutes early, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, my first one got in early, and then like the second one, there was a little bit of turbulence, but I was sitting right next to Richard on the way back, and so we played this really interesting puzzle game on the Switch and talked Ooh. about Flames in the Darkness. Wait, which one? Uh, it's like your paper dudes, and you have to cut shapes out of each other to fit oh. locks into puzzles. Nipper clips. Sure. Like yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. And then I actually fell asleep on both flights because turns out being a dad of two now, I'm just tireder than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's but like that you can sleep wherever. Yeah, but the problem was that after that, I had a two and a half hour drive home that turned into a four hour drive home because I had to stop every thirty minutes to take a nap. It was bad. That's bad. Yeah. Hey, at least it wasn't snowing. It's true. Not this time. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I was in a middle seat, but then the last guy who was coming on was like, you guys can just scoot over one if you want. You don't have to get up. And so I got a window seat. Yeah. Nice. And so, you know, flying in like, and I was in the uh, exit row, Ooh, the emergency wow. row. So I had lots of leg space. But it also meant that playing the dumb little word game on the monitor thing in front of me was a lot harder because I was like six inches further away from it than I was supposed to be. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was basically the worst. Like I almost, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I was almost uncomfortable. It was, it was horrendous. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, that's that's Warfare Weekend. That's how that went. In we all live. Appreciating death. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten sick. Oh, I've yeah. gotten sick. That's been neat. I mean, I'm real tired because I did not sleep enough, but that's normal. It's just the usual. But yeah. So with all that, uh, I want to give a big big thanks to everybody who supports us on. Patreon, because you got me and Jane out there. Woo! That's a big deal. 
he also helped out with uh, being able to play all the cool Infernal stuff, which we've been having a really good time with. Yep, seriously. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, all the all the extra for that really kind of helps helps out so much, especially being able to justify it for our families and whatnot. The time and money is can get kind of enormous, so it's nice yep. to be able to take take some of that off. And it's just thanks to, to you guys supporting us. If you do want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. You can see the different tiers that we do on there. And basically, we'll leave a tip in our tip jar. It's basically yeah. how it basically went. Despite Amos' advice, we're not going to lock anything behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He spent the entire uh, weekend trying to convince me that we should do that. And I was like, um, maybe if I start a new podcast, but not on this one. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of reasons we don't. Definitely. Uh, also, big thanks to Broken at Games for their support. They handed us Infernal tokens, and it was wonderful. Oh, they're gorgeous. So nice to have them. Uh, I wrote up a review on those tokens, which you can find on our website. Uh, but if you do go to the Broken Egg Games store and want to check out uh, those tokens or any of the other just awesome War Machine tools they have available, you can use the code LOS5CODE. You get 5% off everything on their store. Go to our website, which is LOSWarMachine.com. Twitters are at LOS underscore Chandler, at LOS underscore Jaden, or at ChokeObsessed underscore LL. You can send us an email at loswarmahords at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Atlanta site, or message any of us. Solid. It's everything. We did it. Well done. It's just like an hour and 50 minutes long. Uh. (laughs) Uh, All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next week, hopefully. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Bye. 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 Thank you.